Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. Uh, I've never done before, and I'm, I'm trying to come up with a way to make this happen uh, reasonably, reasonably for me. <laughs> Say that right. I want to do a 2017 in review. For some of you, this may be the first time you've heard this in review, uh, and uh, for the fact that you weren't here most of the year. Others uh, were here hit and miss, and maybe you'll pick up something. But I wanted to just kind of go through 2017, um, and I want to do it. I know people are already starting to smile. It's like, how are you going to do that? I'm going to try to do this in a 30 minutes. And um, I was narrowing my notes down because I was looking back. There's 40-some messages here. And how do I do this? How do I pick and choose? And I was trying to narrow my notes down. I got down to like 11 pages, and then I got down to eight pages, and now I'm down to seven pages. And I normally use like three pages when I preach, and I know that that's already 30 to 40 minutes. So if it seems like I'm going fast, I probably am. And uh, this is a little bit uncomfortable for me in the sense that I'm, I'm usually not so glued into you know, what's here and, and making sure I'm, 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 my head's down, I'm going to probably be looking down more than I normally do because I want to just roll through some stuff and I'm uh, thankful for our tech staff that's going to help me and, and try to keep up with me on some of this. Uh, so we're going to get going on this as quick as we can. Um, just, that's cool. I like, those are those fidget things, right? I hear that. Because my wife is teaching one of the classes. She would probably be sitting there with that right now. And um, anyway, Lord, I just pray right now for this time as we're winding up the year, 2017, and, and as we're looking forward to the new year. Uh, Lord, just, uh, I just pray you'd use something in the, whatever I'm going to share this morning that would just touch the hearts of people. We'd be able to take away something from here and go, you know what? That's something I can, I can grab a hold of that will help me. And uh, we thank you, God. You're such an amazing, amazing Lord and Savior. And we do appreciate you so much. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I started off with last year, there's no easy button in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the simple words that we, sh- when people, people who are married, when you said your vows and you said for better, for worse, sickness or, or poor, or sickness and health for better, for worse, you didn't really know what that meant until you started spending a few years together, right? And so in regards to that, you know, God created us in such a way that um, our life wouldn't be always peaceful and nice and everything go, go great for us. But with him, things can change immensely. And he becomes that bridge, that rope, that ladder, that rock, uh, the high tower, all the things that we know him to be, he becomes that for us. But one thing he, he, he's not, he's not an easy button. You know, that's, he's not just like, oh, and we get out, out of whatever the situation is. And so, and realizing how are our best relationships for, forged in our families, in our life. And it's usually 
at some situation where there's um, maybe a death in the family or something tragic happens in your family, uh, a, a terrible sickness, disease, whatever it might be, and you begin to become forged together because you're walking through things together. Uh, and so there's, there's not a real easy button. So the scripture in that, for that particular one, Romans 5, 1 through 5, therefore, since we've been made right with God, in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Fill our hearts with his love. Then I jumped into a, a, an 11-week series, uh, 11 weeks on linking our mission with faith brings supernatural results. We went 11 weeks on that. I look back at that, wow, that was a long time. But you know what? There was a lot of good things. I thought, okay, how are we gonna narrow this down? Understanding our mission, the fundamental purpose for the existence of our church and what, what our mission is. We talked about that and reaching as many people in the community as possible with, with uh, sharing Christ's love and his redemption. Uh, redemptive power and the supernatural power of God with everybody that we can uh, so that they can respond because they have a need for a savior just like we did or we do. Uh, Hebrews 11, one and two, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. Faith is the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen. We talked about that. So quickly, just review. We talked about compelling reasons for living by faith. We talked about uh, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the problem in today's society is we're influenced so much by culture that that the problem or the, that we the culture tries to justify this maybe the challenges or the sins that we have and tries to just paint this gray picture. Um, that the Bible already addresses these things as being sin, and, uh, but we're being told that the Bible is out of touch with today's culture. Wrong. <laughs> we understand that. We, um, we can be a Christian, but if our mind isn't being transformed on an ongoing basis from the inside out, then we can get caught up in this ever-shifting culture instead of a never-changing God. And we need to be connected with a never-changing God. Amen. Romans 8, 5, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. We, we talked about the purpose of trials and tests, uh, to test and prove our faith. Uh, we talked about faith uh, being regarded as spiritual insight, which opens up the door for a person to operate in their spiritual gifts. Our spiritual gifts are, are grace gifts, and they're to be shared. Uh, the world's uh, way is often to, for people to compete against each other, right? It's the, the challenge of you become better than the other person. You, if you can do it better, you get that opportunity over that other person. 
how much better we are than others, and that's how we're measured in, in the world standards. But God views us differently. He views us all as members of one body. We're members of a body. In a, a body relationship, you do not compete, but we cooperate. Yeah. We talked about that and finding fulfillment and using our gifts to serve others. All right, we talked about some of the Old Testament heroes of faith and the two elements of faith. Number one, believe that God exists. And number two, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently or faithfully seek him. Those are important things. I understand that. Satan's greatest tool is not destruction. It turns out probably to be apathy because if he can get us as believers to become apathetic, he just, he, he's good with that because we're not going after him. We're not going after those people that need to hear, from, hear about Christ. And so he believes he wins in that regard. We talked about faith by action, that faith without works is dead. What was Jesus' mission? Well, Cameron talked a little bit about that, but his mission really was to become the atonement for our, the sins of the world. So he went to the cross, gave his life so that we could have life. His mission was to come, and, and basically when he said, it is finished, the, if you look at the Greek uh, definition of basically the price has been paid or it's been payment in full, and that, it, that it's a done deal. And uh, the original uh, words there mean it is forever done. So we know that he, his mission was to come, make a full payment for our sins, and it's done. We don't have to go back and try to redo that. He came to fulfill that. And, and now our mission is to introduce people to the atoning work that he did on the cross. Okay, so that's our mission too, to go out and do that. We spent time talking about seed and bread, the difference between seed and, the, and bread. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 10, uh, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 10, God gives seed to the sower or the farmer and he gives bread to the hungry. We talked about he doesn't give seed to the hungry. Why doesn't he give seed to the hungry? Because they'll eat the seed. But there's seed to the sower, the one who's, who is, will sow, that God knows they're going to sow. I'm giving them seed. But there is bread for the hungry because that's, that's part of the process too, and that's part of God's heart, and to do that. But I believe that our mission and goal, part of what we should be doing is, as we're taking care of the hungry, we teach them how to become sowers. So when we're giving something to somebody in the sense of... Uh, if somebody needs bread and you give them bread, but I also at the time say, hey, here's an opportunity for you to become a sower. Don't eat all that bread. Give a little bit somewhere else and then you begin to get that principle in your life, okay? We could talk a lot more about that, but there's some good principles there. God's gifts are bestowed on us, not that we have them, may have them for ourselves, but that we may become a blessing to other people with the gifts that God's given us. And we choose... Uh, what we will, um, what we'll harvest by the things or the seed that we sow. All right. Then we in May and June, I took a few weeks just to answer some questions people in the church sent in and said, "Hey, I, I'd like to hear about this particular subject." And I picked a couple of those just to run through really quick. One of them was on. Uh, I got a lot from people say, "Hey, I have a lot of worry and fear." And that seems to be very common. And when, yeah, we, a lot of us can say, "Hey, that's me." Um, when we accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, we found that Savior part uh, to be, uh, I wouldn't say 
I guess that becomes the easy part because, okay, he's our savior now, and, and that becomes instantaneous. And that's awesome because we're instantaneously become part of his family. But the making him Lord becomes more of a challenge for us, doesn't it? Because some, for some reason, we still want to kind of be that Lord of our life. And, and so there's a, there's a process. And so we start this new journey with Christ. Some of us took those doubts and fears. We just packed them in a suitcase and kind of brought them along with us into this new journey of serving Christ. And he's, and he's saying, hey, I, I, I've come to take that from you. And First uh, Peter 5, 7, he says, cast all your cares and all your worries on me. That's a challenge for some, t- for some of us, to, to actually do what the Bible says and to trust that that. And we, th- we say, well, I think I'm going to carry these a little while and see how they, how, if I can somehow manage them through the process. And he's saying, no, give me those. And so his answer to us is, I have not given you a spirit of fear, okay, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And he comes to us to tell us, he addresses these things. Amen. And so our transition uh, it, it can be just, it's a disposition of the mind where there's a, there's a transformation, there's a transition that happens as we are believers and he gives us the power over these things to have a sound mind, a disciplined mind to be able to do this and <clears throat> the self-control with the things that we struggle with and, and as humans, we just want that easy fix, right? And, and just God just take it away when he's saying, you know, I want you to learn some things through this process. But he gives us scriptures all the time on how to work through these things. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. We're, we need to find ourselves doing that. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Proverbs 12, 25 says, worry weighs a person down and encouraging word cheers a person up. I love encouraging words. They're good, they're healthy, and it, it definitely cheers me up when somebody encourages me. We then uh, uh, took the subject of teaching children, and, and there was this whole idea of how do we balance love and discipline in, in a manner um, that is healthy, and how, how do we do that in an ever-shifting culture? Because there's things that coming at our kids and, and teaching us different ways to parent and do things all the time. It's shifting all the time. And I, and I brought up the fact that there was two words I felt were very important, value and honor. And realizing that today's society, a lot of people don't value human life. From the very point that, of conception, they devalue it, that that, that that's not value, and then as later in life, same thing happens. We're not, we're not placing value on life as it needs to be. And, so, and then the other one was honor. We're not properly honoring in, in the process. So then um, things, things change. The, the, the culture is always shifting. And, and so the, the challenge that we have is, uh, okay, how do we do this? Well, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 First of all, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. And then the second part, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, being, uh, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So there's a real balance here. Talking to children, talking to fathers, and you know, mothers are included in that, but the father really, as design, kind of takes the lead in the head of the home, and so it's, it's something very important. So honor 
comes with the command of honor comes a promise. I love the promises that God gives because he said, hey, if you do this, I've got to, I'm going to promise this for you. And so when, when our children are provoked to anger, really obedience and honor don't receive the oxygen they need because when to, to become healthy in, in a family. And so it cuts off the supply of healthy oxygen when there's anger in, in the family, anger from the father. So we have to be careful in that. Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and mother, then you will live long, live full life in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. We need to encourage our kids, not discourage them. And so life isn't easy, especially nowadays for, for Christian children. It's hard. It's not easy out there. There's a lot of things to come against. The problems um, might seem small to us, but they're quite large to our children, to the kids. And, and so it's important for us to listen to our kids, share feelings back and forth, take the time, spend the time with our kids. And our home ought to be the happiest place. It should be the most fulfilling place, and it, it shouldn't be the opposite of that. And the question to be pondered then is the fruit of the Spirit evident in my home? I'll leave you with that one. Moving into the summer, we had different people speaking, several people, and I'm not going to go into all those things. That would take a long time, but we had some awesome times then. Um, in the fall, we did our 21-day focus with our theme being Ignite. A uh, great time we had. We included 21 uh, different videos every day, a little uh, small uh, a short video that complemented what we were doing throughout that focus. We covered ask, seek, and knock. Those were the three things we covered for during those weeks. And uh, just understanding we're all carriers of God's presence. We are, because he lives with us. He dwells in us in every believer. And signs, wonders, and miracles that we are praying for, they really authenticate who God is in our life. And our trust in him grows. We believe God wants to do miracles in our lives, right? Amen? He, he does. He wants to do miracles in our life. And so we have to believe that. Jesus didn't overcome the agony of the cross and all the things that he suffered and did just to sit back and watch people struggle. That's not his heart. He wants people to be healed and to, and to walk in health. And so the scripture that we use, which our main scripture was Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Yes. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful, sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Good. Amen. Amen. For each command, there's a promise. Yes. For each command, there's a promise. <clears throat> and that command is something we have to pay attention to, but there's also a promise that goes with that. We've been given the command to, to love. First, love God, love people, right? That's a command. We need to do that. We need to be obedient to his word. But it's always followed with a promise. And his promise is to prosper and to bless us, to see our needs met, to see things go well in our life. Yes, yes. We ask, seek, and, and knock. Really, those three words, can, you can pull that down into one word, and that word is pray. Mm -hmm. We've talked about pray. Mm -hmm. Ask, seek, and knock really is. It comes down to pray. Pray often. 
uh, pray with sincerity, with, with seriousness, and with all the uh, consistency and constant. Those are things that we just, God loves when we come to, pr- to him in prayer. And number one, we start off with what? Thankfulness. Always make sure that we're thankful in our prayers because we can run to him with all the problems we have and, and it's great to thank him first and then go to him and say, hey, this is what's on my heart, Lord. But he says, do it. Come, ask me. Seek, knock. And he's gonna open the door. He's gonna give those things to us. We ask for what we want. We seek for what we can't find. Mm -hmm. And we knock for that which we feel ourselves shut out from. Mm. And there's an answer that we need, right? There's an answer that you're looking for. And many of you are still in that place. So don't stop. Uh, Last night uh, in our worship time here, and Jennifer was just kind of a song of the Lord, was just talking about uh, go one more time. Uh, go around that, that mountain or whatever it is you need to do. Do it one more time if it's a health issue or if it's finances or whatever. Go at it once more. Be determined. I'm going to do this. I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. Because you may not see the answer right now, but don't, do not give up. Do not give up because the answer is there. Do not give up. Whatever your situation, Jesus said, don't stop knocking. Keep knocking because that door will be open to you. We must ask in faith, seek diligently, and continue knocking. Amen? We must persevere in prayer. Persevering is a form of knocking, and God honors, and he rewards perseverance. Man, when you're, you're serious about that, it's like if you're going for a job, and you just keep going, you keep calling, or you send an email, or you, you just check in, hey, I'm just following up, and, and you, you keep you're that person that just shows, man, I, the person, they... They're like, man, I got to hire this person. They, they, they're serious about this. And so, you know, there's uh, perseverance pays off. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Grab a hold of these scriptures because this is the word of God. James 1, 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. Next, we went into a series on the power of a word and the power of a seed. The power of a word. Word word basically is just something that's said, right? But there is so much power in in a word spoken that God at the very beginning, when he spoke into existence, before man even existed, why did he speak? Because there's power in a word. There wasn't a man there to hear it, but him speaking it into existence, the heaven and the earth and all these things, there's power in that. And understanding that in seed, seed contains life. There's always going to be life in a seed. In a seed, it, it never dies, really. But it does come to life when it gets mixed with soil, and you've got water and sunlight. All of a sudden, something happens. There's a transformation happens, and so we we have to be able to practice the lesson by faith. Because if you have a little seed in your hand, you said, "There's no way this could turn into anything." That's just our natural thinking. But knowing that if we actually release that seed, plant it in the ground, something happens. So we need to practice that, that lesson of faith. And there, there's reasons why God allows trials and tests to come into our life. He, he, he's, 
He's doing something. He's not doing it to be mad at us or to, to just make us irritated. He's doing it because there's a purpose that he says, you're going to grow from this. You're going to have more faith. You're going to become a stronger person. Your character, all these things are, are going to be able to be much stronger. And, you know, and, and when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples, did Jesus know the storm was coming? Absolutely he did, right? So the disciples are all in the boat. Um, it, was, it was part of his day's curriculum, really, for the disciples. You know, this is what they're going to go through because I'm going to test them. I'm going to put them in a situation. And, and many people, I believe, have the ideas that storms in our life are a sign of disobedience. Okay, I can give you an example. Yeah, for Jonah... Yeah, there was a storm created because he wasn't obedient to God. But here's the deal. If you look at what Jesus is when he had the disciples and w- went through that, the storm, and, and brought the ant- it was because of the disciples' obedience to get in the boat. They were obedient. They weren't disobedient. But yet a storm came. So be careful that you're not just like judging somebody or your life or somebody else's situation saying, hey, because you're going through this, you must have sin in your life. I've had people say that. I say, no, no. Be careful. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not where we need to be going with this, because if you look in the Word, you, you're, you're not going to be able to stand, theologically stand behind that. So you're probably thinking, well, maybe it doesn't matter if I'm obedient or disobedient, I'll end up in a storm. Eh. That's not for me to decide that, but there's storms, right? That's just, that's part of life. And, and so, but here's the deal, it's the difference between being swallowed up by a whale, or being rescued by Jesus. And there, there's different things that can happen. Um, it, it, being met by a gigantic open mouth, <laughs> or, or just the, or uh, that's going to swallow you, or the outstretched, outstretched hand of Jesus who will come and say, I'm here to rescue you. And, and, and knowing that he's never going to let us drown or, or die in that situation. <clears throat> the greatest danger was not the wind and the waves. It was the unbelief in the hearts of the people and the yes. disciples and, and those people. That's, that's the greatest danger. Our greatest problems are within us, not the things that are around us. Yes. It, it, it's what, in our mind, we are thinking all of these things, and that can become a danger to us. That's why he gives us all these scriptures that say, be careful, transform, renewing your mind. Don't have fear, don't have worry, don't have doubt. All of these things he lays out for us. Amen. Faith will never come by asking. It comes by hearing the spoken word. It comes by hearing the word, the word, the word. And so in uh, hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17 talks about that. God uh, speaks God, speak God's word that he speaks to us. Just speak it over your life. If God's showing you something in his word or it, it comes to you prophetically, whatever happens, declare it. Declare that word. Say, that is God, that's God's word for me. Prophesy it if you need to. <clears throat> because life and death are in the power of the tongue. We can speak life or we can speak death. Yeah. And, and I'm about speaking life. Amen? Yeah. I hope that you are too. It prophesies our future, really. Yeah. But here's the other thing. Our tongue doesn't necessarily stop a storm, right? right. It, it, that doesn't necessarily stop a storm. But it determines where we go in the storm. Yes. Yeah, so when you're speaking, you don't, when your storm comes, you go, oh, this is going to drown me. No, when the storm's there, you can speak 
I'm, I know there's a storm here. I don't understand why, but I'm gonna get through that storm with God's help. I'm gonna make it through that. I'm gonna see victory in that situation. So speaking words that are, are very important what you speak. Your words need to declare where you're going, not where you're at, not where you came from. Where am I going? I'm, gonna, I'm getting through. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil because, you know what? I'm going through it. Yes. I'm not getting buried in it. Romans 2.2 2 declares, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasant and perfect. We have to change the way we think. This is not a self-help message. This is a word of God message. These are scriptures in the Bible, and, and, and we need to look at these and say, okay, there's something about this. The word of God is the will of God. Understand that. The word of God is the will of God. It's God's will, but it won't happen just because it's his will, because there's things, the word must be planted in us, and there's things we have to do. The word produces when it is planted, just like a seed. We plant that word, it begins to grow. God has uh, his will and word for us, but we have to do our part to see that fulfilled. So many times we just say, I'm just gonna sit back and God, you have to do this. And, and he says, yeah, but, well, where there's a command, there's a promise. We do our part, he loves to fulfill his part and he does it every time. We must make sure that we don't give up before the harvest. Because if you've sown, be patient. Be patient. That's a word that's hard for us. To be patient. Jesus made Satan, he, he made Satan hear the word when Satan was tempting him. He made him hear the word. Yes. It is written. Yes. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written. And he's, yes. Jesus spoke the word. The word is powerful. Luke 21, 26. Don't believe what you see or hear that is negative. That's why many people are filled with fear. You hear negative things, don't believe it. Don't, don't regurgitate it. Don't you know, repeat that. Say, well, that's what so-and-so said, so that must be what it is. No, don't believe what you hear that is negative. John 6, 30, 63, there is life in every word of God. The word that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. There's life in every word of God. Amen. If you were sown right now, what fruit or what character, what fruit, I guess, would a uh, character fruit would your seed produce? You can ask yourself that. If I was sown right now, what would, be, what would grow out of that seed? That's a good thing to think about. We talked about that. Jesus great, placed a great deal of importance on the hearing of God's word. Yes. The word of God means to understand it and to obey it. Amen. Twofold, understand it and obey it. Don't pray the problem, pray the answer. That's right. <laughs> pray the answer. Don't get wallowed into your problem. Because we all have those, and we can get stuck in that. And, that. and the enemy, like Cameron said, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? That is everything he's after. Start praying the answer. This is the answer that you believe God has for you. First Peter 4, 10, and 11 says, 
God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve yourself. No, to serve one another. Are we doing that? Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Holy smokes. I've already won over 30 minutes. This is the last one. All right? Last one. Uh, Understanding the strategy of the enemy, strategies of the enemy. We just completed this here recently, so I'm going to buzz through this. James 4, 7, so humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Amen. Submit. We need to submit. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You're not alone. We have a definite advantage over Satan. We do because he's given us the key to victory. The word, the word, the word that we talked about. His word, it's his word. And his word takes authority over darkness, and we need to do that. Amen. We, re- we must realize that the power of the devil was broken at the cross, as it says in Hebrews 2.14. But his activity didn't cease at the cross. And if we apply the cross's victory, we can control the influence of the enemy on us. We have to apply what he did on the cross for us in our lives. <clears throat> Remember, we must be aware of the enemy's tactics, but not... Live in fear of them. Just be aware. Okay, I'm aware. I, I, I know they're there, but don't live in fear of them. We also must also remember we're overcomers. Yes. We are overcomers by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. Amen. Come on, let's be, let's be doing that. Let's be t- testifying of, that we are overcomers. And there isn't anything that we do as Christians that the enemy likes. He hates it all, so if we're, we might as well go after it full bore, right? We realize the enemy, he, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil has no power to originate anything. Amen. He, 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 he doesn't. He can only manipulate what has already been cursed by God. That's his playground, and so that's all he gets to play with, the bad stuff. Well, we have authority over those things, so we have to be careful and not... Because those things are accessible by the enemy, but we're, and we're not exempt from the enemy coming after us, but we talked about that he cannot come and inhabit us because light and darkness not well together, right? So if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he cannot do that. So Satan cannot harm what God has blessed. So the key to walking free from uh, the demonic activity of the enemy is to walk in obedience to God, right? Walk in obedience to God and live under the shelter of his blessing. Last scripture, um, the worship team wants to come on up. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. 
but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Amen. Then after the battle, you will be still standing firm. So we're responsible to put on, his ar- on the armor, right? Yes. It's not an option, really. We, it's put on the armor because you need it. So I would say going into the new year, let's make sure that we're armored up because the enemy, he attacks from all different angles and stuff. But if we're prepared, if we're wearing the armor, we can go in confidence and faith and boldness to say, enemy, you're not doing it. You're no victory here. We need to take take over whatever the enemy's stolen, take it back. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. And we are... I know that I rolled fast, but I just, but I, you know, to give you just a, in a nutshell, there was a lot of, a lot of things that we covered this last year, but we, God is positioning us a place of victory. Amen. Amen. A victory. Lord, I just thank you right now as we close the service this morning. This is the last of 2017. God, we're looking forward to 2018, what you have in store for us. God, let us be those who are not just about ourselves, but we're about being light to others, to be using our the gifts that you've given us to serve others, God, and that this community and beyond would notice the goodness of God through us. And then I thank you, God. I pray a blessing on every person here, God, today. Thank you for your goodness, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 